You ready? Here's the intro music. <laughs> Simo and Redmond are the thong slappers. They're two blokes making lots of noise but getting nowhere fast. Hey everyone, it's Simo and welcome to episode 30 of the Thong Slappers podcast. Redmond, bit of a friggin' different change of pace for us. I'm actually in the same room with you doing this. Ah, welcome aboard, Simo. Welcome back to Australia's first and only dedicated streetcar podcast. Do we want to tell everybody about the Crabstick Minty debacle we just had? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like some sort of weird porno movie, but I've got to say, it's kind of like if you're sexting with a chick and then you actually meet them in person... And you get to hang out in the same room with them. Yeah, I'm not actually Brad Pitt. You must be really disappointed. Man, we get sidetracked so easy, don't we? It's just the way things roll. Look, for episode 30, we, of course, are going to be doing a Bible studies a bit later on. But for starters, we're having a bit of a special episode. Now, Street Machine Magazine are actually going to be releasing a book later this year. And it's actually going to be a book about the all-time best street machines. And we've been asking people out there on Instagram what their favourite cars are. We're going to talk about a few of those a little bit later on. But for what, the last week, you reckon? Two weeks? Yeah, two weeks. We've been debating in our own minds what we would classify as our top five. And on that, we had to choose a specific car that was number one. I would think the reason you've done that is you know that I was I can only ever do this if I put about 50 disclaimers in there about it because I don't do the best of any. I, I always do my favourite and stuff. So I, I think that you're actually enjoying putting me on the spot and, and doing this. But for the last week, it has been a real lot of fun for me with this. It's as much fun as when we've done the replace running on empty cars. Uh, I hope everybody else out there has had a lot of fun with this as well. So uh, I actually luxuriated in this task. It was great to get all my old street machines out and go back through them. It's nothing that I probably normally wouldn't do anyway. So so it's great just to, to nail down some cars that I, actually it's given me anxiety as well. I think this is a result of anxiety. I think the worst part is just when you think you've got a list like a top five sorted, someone reminds you of a car that you've completely forgotten about and you're like, oh, fuck, litre eight, of course. There's always something that comes up and, and that's sort of been the cool thing. We've had some pretty good responses and everyone seems to be in the same boat with trying to make a decision about what car they want to talk about. So I know we're not alone here, but I am very interested. Now, look, you haven't told me you're number one and that's something I've hidden from you as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how we end up at the at the, the end of doing this list. So... Yeah, I'm keen to see what rolls on. Well, just to plant a flag in this podcast, uh, this particular episode 30, this is going to probably end up being the first of our 400 top five podcasts. We'll probably end up going back and do our top five cars 100 times. So it's something that came to mind in episode 28. We looked at some of the street machine voters that voted Adam LaBreeze's EH as the number one yeah. the top 20. So when I went back through that list, I wonder how that would stand the test of time with the people who voted. Well, actually, I know how it would stand. It will change, and that's the nature. Your, your top 20 will change. So instead of doing that 4,000-word disclaimer about you can't hold me to this, uh, this is not my final statement, let's just roll and we'll do our, our top five all-time street machine cars. Sounds good to me. The disclaimer I do have to put out here, I didn't include any panel vans like... Throwing panel vans into the mix is like making a chlorine bomb for me. You're just going to have a couple of elements like I couldn't do it. So my list is no no panel vans. That's like an entire head fuck of a list of its own. Yeah, I definitely put some panel vans and bits and pieces. I even went as far as Lynch's car. I've, there's, it was so eclectic. But then I finally decided just to pick some of the cars from Street Machine Magazine. You mentioned Street Machine Magazine are doing a book uh, this year, I think. The only one comment I've had on that to anybody is I really hope they use that iconic font, that street machine font. That's that's a I'll buy it definitely if they put that in there. I'll I'll get my money out and I'll buy it. I want to see one of those eleven second street animals, those little symbols <laughs> they used to run. I want to see that in there somewhere. Plus the van wheels erect penis as well. Like it'd be good to run something like that inside there. We'll actually post both of those art pieces up on our Instagram but it's funny the other day like and this always comes back to when we're talking about covers and little details that I completely miss but you always seem to see one thing talking about that font that you pointed out to me the other day which I thought was really interesting was one of the magazines you showed me actually the font has like an outline like it's like a gold or a chrome type edging and it's sort of something I've never really noticed before 
It, it is awesome. I love it about the old font. It looks like a chrome surrounding. It looks like a badge. The street part of it has got like a chrome outline. I had some stickers made for a business that I destroyed about five years ago, and I, <laughs> I copied that font for that as well. But I've got some more on that. With was, the, that was that the male gigolo business you tried to no, run? No, it's still going, pre- it's still going pretty man. good. <laughs> no, that one's still That's vibrant. That's as vigorous as ever. <laughs> Oh, maybe you should try doing it for women. <laughs> I stand by my decision. <laughs> okay. Oh, it wouldn't be thong slappers without getting sidetracked and without Dick Joe. What I, what, a short story long. <laughs> you why use five words, you can use five thousand. I thought I might do an A and B list like Australia A and Australia B, but I, I've decided in the end I am just going to stick to my top five, and I can't wait to tell you. I'm going to stick in here and go, my number one is HQ for you. I've just had to burst on and tell ah, you that. Nice choice. Yeah, it's uh, from Street Machine, December 1985. It's the HQ the Street Machine gave away as a, a... They built it and gave it away as a competition car. Look, I'm sure anybody listening to this knows it. If you don't, you'll see the, the photo that we post. But I want to do something. December 85 cover of Street Machine. I got it out and I had a bit of a look. And I want to do something almost Bible studies with, with this cover shot. Uh, on the front of it's outstanding cover shot. It's a really great photo. It's one of my favourite photos of a, of a Holden. But above the left-hand mirror of the HQ for You car, it actually says, Win This Monaro. And I think for a kid reading it, which I definitely was at the time, that's a genie in the bottle moment right there. The wispy, the wispiness of the cover, I kind of accentuated the other night. At my little podcast, I've got a little reading lamp. So the other night when I was couldn't sleep, I was pushing the magazine in and out of the lamp quite accidentally, and it changed the whole texture of the cover. You could concentrate on the street machine or you could move it down a little bit and you'd concentrate on the headlight. That was something really fun. I love this cover. But the the car itself is a car that I could imagine owning. I, I was really at a loss what to do with these cars is my number one. But I definitely picked that because it is the car that I could imagine owning and driving. It's got the seat harnesses. Anybody that's a bit older will know what we say when we say harness. But I do realise when I put them comments on Instagram, not everybody knows what I say when I say a harness. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't think of another name to call them. Yeah, that I, I put when I write now these days, I put seatbelt harness for that exact oh, reason. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. So I put that, and just the quick shifter, the, the ratchet shifter for the auto and the Chev badge. I quite literally mean that is a local hero street race car for me. That's something I could imagine getting out there and really pumping it around a bit, having a red hot uh, a go driving it. It's always driving's always been the my, my favourite thing for a car. So I really imagine that thing. It's got a cast iron three fifty. It's got Gemini mirrors, BF uh, TAs. In the story, they talk about pumping the rear guard so much, they had to pump the front guards to match it. So that's my number one HQ for you, and that is my number one car that I'd want to own. Simon, what do you got for number one? Mate, I'm going to let you run through all yours first, but I'm just intrigued to know what how you got to where you, you got. But one thing, if I can just quickly add, it's something you mentioned about the cover of the Street Machine with, like, Win This Monaro. When that issue came out, I was 12 years old, as were you, right? And as a kid... You're dreaming of owning that car. Like, you think, man, like, I actually entered the competition to win HQ for you. I didn't win. A guy who lived near me won it. And I remember seeing it smacking donuts at the Albany Creek Tavern in the car park there in, like, nine, early 1986. But the crazy part is, is that you still remember those moments. And it's funny how a lot of the people we talk to about this competition, about what their favourite cars are, no one seems to be sort of choosing any cars after about. I think the, the most recent car that's being chosen is Grunter. Everything else is pre-1990. So whether it's just something that's happening from you know the age we are and what influenced us so much as kids, maybe that's what sort of is causing that to be the case you know, with this, this competition. That's a great comment. Everybody is picking the number one car. I don't think anybody has picked a, a modern street machine as such. Everybody has gone back. I think because it's a waypoint, I think every, we've all had these magazines and we've all had these posters and everything for that long through all the stuff in our life that the magazines are a journal that they show us what the styles were and how the styles were. I think it just sits with you for so long that it's it's a real, it's the style sticks with you. You know, the last 12 covers of Street Machine, the EH Ute, the blown EH400 Chev Ute is probably the one that sticks with me the most, but the others, you know, I, I can remember most of the covers from 85, but just until the magazines sit around here and I soak them in for a year or two or or five years, which is as long as I, you know, I'll have the magazines. It just takes a while for it to, to soak really through. HQ for you is the only car on my list that I've seen in person, and the gentleman up this way owns it. And I sent it at a car show about two years ago. I took a photo and I wrote some words, but I lost the actual photo I wanted. I said to him, he's a great guy, right? I think I said, mate, would you mind if we took a photo of you handing me the keys? Because I just want to make, <laughs> yeah, I just want to make the gaff. 
uh, this is Redmond receiving the Street Machine giveaway car keys. You know, just write something that is literally <laughs> correct. Yeah, just to piss it. And I lost the photo. I've got oh, about 10 you. photos from that car show, and I don't know what happened because I'm just retarded with it. So that's would have been really cool. I, I will see that car at a local show again. Uh, Rod gets out in the thing, and he loves it, and he loves it in its current form. He's done a couple of little things. He's done a flat firewall because he had to repair the firewall. Obviously, some rust issue, I think it was. But other than that, he ha- it has had a couple of different guises, but he's telling me that he enjoys it in the boot of it at car shows that magazine is in there that he yeah, has that magazine yeah. in there and I just spoke to him and we were like speedheads or iceheads we're just back and forth back and forth and really I didn't get to see many other cars and at the end he was kind of wrapped that I was such an enthusiast and I was glad that he preserved that he told me the story of the wheels his brother or brother-in-law seen just the wheels under a tarp somewhere in North Queensland and recognised the wheels they were th- and he said look I think I found this car and I was right well and then the, I can't remember the whole story they done some, some background stuff and he got the car Ah, couldn't have gone. Oh, yes, it could have. Could have gone to me. That's a better home. <laughs> better be fuck full of Jack Russell fucking hair and, and fast. My, my second car on the list is Stormtrooper. It's a VK from... Now, I couldn't find the Street Machine magazine that it originally featured in, but John K. Image is a friend of ours and a mutt on our Instagram. And quite unsolicitedly, he was just sending me some stuff on cars probably... Probably 12 months it's ago. It's pretty much early yeah. on. Very so, early on when we started the podcast on Instagram, yeah. actually, yeah. Right, and he goes, hey, Redmond, you might like this. It's VK Stormtrooper. And oh, I was just really excited. So I, I, I messaged him back saying, mate, it's that's one of them cars that I've really been wanting to chase down. I don't have the magazine. It's massive, bold, big car. I think that Street Machine, obviously, they've got their big, uh, massive world headquarters down there in Melbourne. It's quite well known that underground there uh, at the Street Machine bunkers, they've got a massive library of over four and a half million magazines of Street Machine have produced in the last 20 years. And they, they've been talking lately about employing an academic, just somebody to sit down in the catacombs and go through all the stuff. And so when people write a message, say, oh, whatever happened to uh, Owen Webb's XY, that that person, that academic can go and chase his car up and do it. And they're talking about maybe five or 600000 dollars a year wages for this guy and so yeah that's obviously i just wanted to keep this until we announce on the podcast that's what i'll be doing from now on well i think you're definitely the man for the job yeah i'm totally lying (laughs) (laughs) but it is something fun that we do with the podcast is looking back on the cars and you do get quite excited chasing up old cars and finding them and like nobody has time to answer 150 a week what happened to this car what happened to that but social media gives us some some ability to to look through and do that well that's a massive thing and look if you've read the current issue of street machine magazine which is the april 2019 You'll see I got to do a story on Greg Carlson, actually, in that. And that came about because his nephew follows our Instagram page and messaged us and said, hey, listen, you know, Greg Carlson's my uncle. Here's his number. If you're interested in having a chat to him about it, because I straight away, you know, I was freaking so excited. So I got straight onto him and organised through Telf. And, uh, yeah, I that's do re- how it all started. I remember him. And also last week, did you see that somebody direct messages? Because Simon and I share a, the Instagram account. Somebody direct messages, and, and, and quite innocently, I'm not sure, Simon, you could probably add some comment. He goes, my uncle Mick built this HQ, and it's Mick Curran. And I'm like, yeah, the I'm Terminator. Like, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard of Mick Curran. He's like a... Uh, a king to us here. <laughs> was, it, was his nephew quiet? He legitimately didn't know that we knew Mick? Or? That, I'm not too sure what the guy was, but we'd actually posted pictures of his car, of course, as we do virtually on a weekly basis. And I guess a little bit of, I don't know, I'm probably okay to, to sort of speak this one, but in a future issue of Street Machine, I'm actually doing a story on Mick at the moment, another legend story on Mick, and he's still got cars you know, these days. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great read when that comes out. Somebody asked us whatever happened to the Terminator HQ. And I said, the car doesn't exist anymore, but it still definitely exists. We're custodians of it. We're all custodians of it here at Thong Slap. Some of the bit of the reason or one of the cars that is the cornerstone here is that car. So we've still got it. We've got the photos. We've got the commentary. We talk about a lot. The car in metal doesn't exist anymore because shit happens. But it's like a Rolling Stone song. The fucking song still definitely exists and you can have it. You mightn't necessarily see Keith Richards playing it live. It doesn't matter. We own it. We're the fucking custodians of it. All of us, not you and I, Simon. We all in the sport, the hobby we own that car so we've got that here safe for you mick anytime you want to have a chat drop us a message ring up simo's obviously doing the story on you that uh, uh stormtrooper car i'm a vk guy because i'm a hdt guy i'm a brock guy i like body kits i reckon with a body kit the bigger the better i mean a group a looks better than a group three hdt to me and uh a group c looks better again because the bigger the kit 
I really like whale tails, Porsche 911s. I really like yeah, the, cool. the Porga and even the Volvo. That's that's what attracted me originally to Beatles, to be honest, is some of the outrageous 70s and 80s, or definitely in the 80s, some of the kits that came to them. I like Beatles now. I do like Volkswagen bonnets. We've discovered. <laughs> but what attracted me to VW, VW Beatles originally was some of the whale tails that you could just buy. You could mail order them to Bathurst and screw them on. I reckon they look terrific. So, yeah, the thing, it's got a 350 Chevy at Stormtrooper, which is a big engine to have in that car back then. And he's pumped the guards. It's got white Simmons on it. The car still looks absolutely ground pounding. And I can just imagine I would have to drive it. I would have to drive it with Darth Vader music. Oh, of course. That's a given. But yeah, that's that's my number two car, Stormtrooper. We'll post some, some photos. And thank you very much, John K. Image. I'm sure that's not your real name, but we appreciate you getting in contact, as we do everybody, and shooting through your bits and pieces. So that's number two. My number three car, I decided to do a Tirana, but it caused me no amount of anxiety because how many Tiranas do you think there are to choose from from the last 30 years? Endless amounts. I couldn't even begin to imagine. It's it's crazy. The one I ended up choosing was LC454 because that's obviously Mark Hayes as uh, LC Tirana because of its longevity. And also on pure animal looks alone. So I'll post the photo, I'll be up as, but everybody, most of you guys will know it out there. I like it with the latest bonnet scoop. It's got the A9X style HDT low bonnet cow scoop on it now. Yeah, I see yeah. sometimes he must have two bonnets and he probably runs one at the track with the, uh, what's the aggressive? Like the hornet scoop, hornet the big ass hornet scoop. Yeah, yeah, I think he must run that. At the, oh, I could be wrong, but I've seen a couple of different photos, but I really like the A9X scoop. And have a look at the back tyres on the thing. I mean, our scene is known for massive tyres under cars. Doesn't necessarily guarantee you get the look, but he has absolutely nailed it. It's got that... It, it looks cartoonish. The scene's known for fatback tyres, and he's done it perfect. It just... It, it works. Uh, lots have been written about the car uh, being a actual street animal. I mean, I can't quote some of the articles because I didn't, I didn't drag them up, but I remember he uh, he's one of the, the main guys that will turn up to a track, change tyres and go blast it and drive it home. Yeah, and yeah it's, exactly. It, it, it's written about in the article. I like that. I like the fact that it's a 454 as well. One piece of fiction I'd like to do with uh, LC 454 is I, I watch a lot of David Attenborough, a lot of uh, films where they do a lot of time lapse. Yeah, okay. So I'd like to go back, say, 20 years, 15 years and, and stick a GoPro on, on uh, Mark's car, not so much to capture the changes in his car, but to capture the changes of the scene and stuff that that car's been through. Like, that guy's been around drag racing, street car, street machine. He's, he's been around the scene, and it would be cool just to get 40 hours of footage and condense to about 40 minutes and watch it. Who wouldn't watch that with a smile? That's my little bit of, of uh, a fiction. That's also one of the cars that I wouldn't change a thing on. Actually, none of these cars I would change anything on. But that's Mark's Tirana. Just sorry, quickly, just yep. on Mark's Tirana, if I can just say something with that. One of the things that I guess, besides the fact it's got a 454, besides the fact of what it's achieved with the drag strip, have you ever seen an LC or LJ Tirana in that colour before? No. There you no, go. Like yeah. it's, it's the identity. It you is. will never mistake that car for another one. It, you're absolutely right. It does have it's, uh, the, the tinted windows. It's gotten bits and pieces. It's a really sharp-looking little car. And it I, is suited. If yeah. self-contained works, I mean, with the big tyres, and it's a it's a drag monster, it's an animal, and he built the blue one that it featured with. Now, it looks great in the photos. Did I see a photo of... LC four fifty four towing the blue one. Or I, I think so. Yeah, that? like as in, yeah, like flat toe. Yeah, yeah. that is. Yeah. I, I think I, I think I've seen that. I have to to check that out. That's number three, Mark Haynes LC four fifty four. If anybody knows Mark or we're in contact with him, tell him hi. And we've, we've just done a uh, big shout out to his car because it is so perfect and big time, timeless. This, this car number four, right? Uh, <laughs> Now, Simon, this is the car that caused me the most anxiety, and I, I dilly-dallied over this. It's a Falcon. I had to have a Falcon in this. So the thing is, I, I speaking with you, and I said, look, I think it's this car. I think it should be that car, but that's a better car. And and tell them how you talked me through it, because I was quite quite grateful for you helping talking me through it. So, Well, I mean, look, I faced the same quandary when I was deciding what cars to choose for my list. But at the end of the day, what it came down to was which car do I want to drive or which car do I want to have in the garage? Like, say, with Mark's XD, you were, you were saying, oh, I'm sort of torn between this Falcon, I'm torn between that Falcon, throwing up three or four Falcons as ideas and cars that you're trying to decide one from. And that was basically it, mate. Which car can you see yourself driving or would you want to have in the garage and drive around? It's a real personal choice and it really comes down to you personally which one you want to have. And it's a great filter and I think anybody listening to that, just throw that filter up because it cleared everything for me. Obviously wanted uh, a couple of different cars. I settled on Mark's XD 88 Nats number plate. I think it's phosphate green or it's, it's a derivative of the original phosphate green. It's in July, August 87 street machine. It was called Menthol Matter. Uh, <laughs> 
It, it's not a smoke. It's called methanol. Methanol. Smoke out when you got the flu. Yeah. <laughs> Meth. Uh, um, I can't even fucking pronounce it. Fuck yeah. Methanol. Ma- Damn it. Redmo. Come on, Redmo. You can, <laughs> you can do it. Fuck. Okay, here we go. Do you want me to say it for you? Yes, please. Methanol madness. Methanol madness. So you talked me through that it wasn't that bad, but I'll put the filter in there. Which card do I want? I want to own that. I want to have that thing with the injection trumpets hanging out. I, want, I think it's BBS wheels on it. One thing, when I explained to you the reason I wasn't sure about picking is I thought the write-up was a bit all over the place. I thought the writing for the article wasn't... And then a couple of things I, I spoke to you, you talked me through, like the three-speed, three-pedal automatic car. So I couldn't get my head around that, but apparently this is me learning the stuff at Thong Slappers, and other people might be interested. You can put a flywheel and clutch in the bell housing of an auto instead of the torque converter. That's it, yeah. Never yeah, seen that. automatic, yeah. Yeah, so when the story says that, I, did, I, I said, look, I don't know what they mean by that. Also, the, the story does say it's a masterpiece of engineering, the rear, the way Mark built the rear, but they don't have a photo of it. So I, that was all a, a bit weird. So what I decided to do with the write-up, I'm going to maybe ask Street Machine or someone, can I do it as a to the 60? See if it works. I'll, t- I'll speak out loud about the car and I'll just read the article straight out of Street Machine and if you agree and if Street Machine agree, we might try that as a to the 60. Yeah, sounds good to me. See if, that, yeah. see if that'll work in that form. Maybe we won't. But Mark's, Mark's XD, I'll throw a photo up that it's a really good looking car, six point cage and it's something I definitely want to drive, especially now that it's a, okay, I'm 46 year old mechanic and there's, there you go, a three speed auto, never heard, uh, sorry, a three-pedal auto. So I want to have a drive. I want to see how the fuck that works. I'll get some <laughs> fucking havoc with that straight up. I can stall that fucking thing and smoke the tyres off it. That's well, what... just be careful how you smoke the tyres. Don't put anything too sticky on it. You don't want to hit the arm code. <laughs> oh, how could I not talk about that? Yeah. Look, our mate Denny Dave, he just spells it out. He's like, mate, he shouldn't have tried to do the burnouts with the sticky tyres. Yeah, of course, if you're not familiar with what Mark built that car and he put Nats 88 number plates on it, and the, and the write-up in Street Machine says this is a $31,000 engine and a $70,000 XD, which is some big... I mean, they're Porsche numbers. You, like the prices, you could have got a 911 easily. I oh, know, about then you could have got a 911. So they really talked it up in the magazine. This thing is going to destroy the burnout pad at, at some Nats and bits and pieces. And when he got out there, the thing didn't light up. He hit the arm car and had all sorts of dramas. But I've never held that against the guy, and I've never thought of that as a failure because who the fuck has an A, bullshitted about their car, <laughs> B, had a shit time with a car, and I, I, or you know, or C, something not work. When I've built engines before and I've built cars, I've had dramas that haven't worked, bits and pieces, but we're here to celebrate the success of the builder, so I don't... I thought, we have posted that car before, and people have been a bit derogative about that. I'm like, well, mate, you had a fucking red-hot go, and we'll always take our hat off. And you build a fucking beautiful-looking wild car. So there's no failure there, mate. Fucking... Oh, and look, hey, if you can have a car that's still spoken about so thoroughly and, you know, enjoyed 30 years later, you're a fucking winner. You've yeah, won straight away. Exactly. The number five choice for me. And this isn't necessarily my fifth favourite street machine of all times. This is one of my top five street machines of all time. So sorry to do the disclaimer, but I've put Rex Webster at number five, which on any given day, but when I put the filter in there of which car do you want to own and drive, I appreciate that car probably more not driving it. It's a bit jacked. It's probably something that's not as sporty to drive. It's something that's more hot rod orientated and doesn't have that, to me, just to my age, not at all to the any reflection on the car it's not something that i would enjoy driving as much as hq for you mark's xd uh i'd probably kill myself in lc 454 <laughs> you and me both but the thing that brought this car to the fore for me when it was first featured and again i don't have the magazine that it was originally featured in. i only have the best of it's in there but i remember reading the article we always point back to when we first read the article when we first seen the car i think that's fair comment we're not living in the past we're telling it how it is it was called immaculate conception in the magazine it was also called high tech and it turned me on to car riding. It was the first time I'd, I'd read it. How, how old have I been then? Probably 12 or 13. The guy went to lengths who wrote... I used to have the guy's name that wrote it. I had it written in some of my notes somewhere, but it was from a different podcast. He explained that when Rex was building it, he shut his business down. He sold his caravan. He sold his car. He put everything he had into building that car. And previously, all the car magazine stuff I'd read, it said... This has got an M21. This has got triples in it. This is tuned by you know Barry or Fred. It didn't, or maybe I didn't read it as well, but it didn't expand, and it really captured my love of writing or the how the writing does make the article so much better. And, all, and from there, fed into my love of magazines. I I really dig the wedge stance on that. What about this? That's how you got big tires yeah, under a that's car. It. Yeah, that's exactly how you got big tires under a car. It was the first true elite 
quality car that I ever read about or ever really enjoyed. It was a true elite car in every sense. The engine, the the, the finish of the car, the fit, the fiddle, it was perfect. It, and six on the Holden Reds has certainly got a place in our, our scene. There's something that I love and I still do. Recently I posted on Instagram from our friends Yola Terra, uh, Morgan, is it? Yes. Yep. He sent me a, a video of one of their clients, one of their customers in a HD at a raceway somewhere, like a circuit race, munching an Escort, a two-litre <laughs> 60... That's 179 set. screaming. Yeah, it's, it's and, awesome. And that took me straight back. I thought, I remember having a six... Uh, I beg your pardon. I remember having a two-litre Escort. And I'm of that age. I got munched by guys in Holden Sixes. Nowadays, if you've got a if you've got a streetcar two-litre Escort, the fucking thing's probably got 400 fucking horsepower. Yeah, and if you've got a six-cylinder, yep. it's probably got 500. But I do remember that sound, and it was one of the things that threw me back to that scene of being smoked by a Holden Six and... A lot of the new, new people in the scene probably just think I'm being I'm reminiscing, but it was cool. Also, talking about this six-cylinder stuff, this car, when I went back to do this list, it also reinforced some of the stuff that Alison Hadfield wrote about in her book about Rod, her dad. And I spoke to you about this yesterday, but I did go and do some research today. A lot of stuff, there was a lot of Holden Sixes around back in the scene, and Rod Hadfield was converting Japanese four-speed gearboxes to fit to them, not even five-speed. Sleeker five-speed, some of the five-speed modification was in the late 80s, fairly common. It was That was the conversion you done. But in the early 80s, Rod was doing a lot of four-speed Crown and Corona, uh, Crown and Japanese four-speed conversions to Holden Six. I think that's crazy. Yeah, I guess at the end of the day, too, they were a strong gearbox, and the four-speed was the common thing, like your RT-104s and all that sort of era of, of Toyota. They were the common gearbox to, to find at the wreckers, to find to use. It still was going to be better and maybe give you a better driving car than the three-speed and something probably a lot stronger than the M21 as well. Yeah, so I just wanted to bring that forward to for Rod and Alison Hatfield. I just wanted to... I read the book. One last thing I'll finish about. I've kind of gone on the six cylinders more than wrecked Webster's FJ, but a friend gave me a six-cylinder 186 about a year and a half ago, and he delivered it to work, and he's got a big... Hornstar style four wheel drive up here in Queensland. It's got lights and toolboxes. It's got every conceivable, and he's got he's not short of money in our particular field. He's he's as a truck mechanic, so he's got this thing, and he bought it to work with a Holden six on it. And I couldn't be bothered getting the forklift, so I kind of left it on for that day. So he had to drive it back to the camp again with the Holden six on it. I was having a few beers that night, and I walked back from the camp, and there was this big roll these yeah big tough four-wheel drives and there was a stinking old Holden red motor on the back of one and I made him leave it on there again for another day until he threatened to kick it off. <laughs> you should have just put an Agi barrel on the back of it. It would have been ready to go. <laughs> That's need, mate. cool. The, it's a really excellent colour blue and the, we've, one, that's one of the cars that has been uh, modernised. Somebody bought Rex's car and they moved it forward. They've gone with a different style, which is totally up to him as an owner. But it's one of the cars. It's one of the cars that I would buy to preserve and, and put in the Australian Hall of Street Machining. That's also in the uh, catacombs underneath the Street Machine Building. There, the, it used to be called the Vatican City, but it's actually called the Valiant City. Okay, so I'm so I've raved on way too long. But what everybody at home wants to hear is what are your top five cars? I know number one's going to be bloody Bob Cop Mel's Ute. So I may as well get it out. Off you go. <laughs> Mate, you might want to drink. You might want to refill your drink. This is going to take a little while. Now, these are in no particular order. However, number one will be number one, which I'm going to say at the end. <laughs> so everything else, though? No, no. no you, you, you done the, you were pretty staunch. You've got to be your top five, number one through to five. No, no. It's, yeah, it doesn't have to. We don't rest, have rules. Yeah, <laughs> the rest aren't in any particular order, but number one is definitely number one. So I'll do that last. Okay, Greg Dickinson's Pro Street Tirana. It was an LX, a red LX Tirana with a tunnel ram small block Chev. It was arguably Australia's first Pro Streeter. It was actually featured on the cover of Street Machine magazine, the December 84, January 85 issue. And uh, the car actually, once Greg sold it, it went through a couple of hands. It actually ended up as a uh, gasser, like a drag car, like a BB class uh, gasser called Rough Stuff. And apparently, yeah, it was a bit of a sad end to the car. It wasn't sort of treated too well like it was in the early years. The big thing with Greg's Tirana in the years sort of after the early to mid-80s, most people confuse it with Rob Beecham's Tirana. They're a similar car, of course. Like They both have auto drags and all the rest of it. But for starters, Rob's is a much darker red. It kind of took, unfortunately for, for Greg and the Tirana, it took a bit of the shine off how, I guess, instrumental his car has been in the street machine scene because of that confusion. Yeah. Like, people who are either too naive or just don't care to know any better just will automatically assume it was uh, Rob Beach and Toronto painted a different colour, yeah, which is right. kind of a shame, I think. And 
Yeah, so look, I really enjoy Greg's Tirana. It, it's, you know, it, it's something that we'll, we'll post it. A lot of people probably don't know it, but when you see the car, remembering it was built in the early 80s, just goes to show how prominent and how advanced this car was in the scene. Was it a, doing a burnout on the cover? Uh, no, but there are shots of it doing a burnout. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you're thinking of Jeff Payton's <laughs> there you go. four-powered hatchback. Yeah, the red hatchback. <laughs> yeah. Similar red. It's got a tunnel ram. It's got a bug catcher. Yeah, real yep. tough car. Chev? Yes, yeah. small block. Yep. Uh, next up was Carl Vetmer's Mark One Escort, which was like a really, really dark green, pretty much a black. This featured again also in the 80s, and it uh, ran humongous tubs with auto drags and uh, had a Windsor, Windsor mode with a letterbox scoop. The funny thing about this car, it's actually resurfaced now. If you follow Street Machine Drag Challenge, it actually has been racing drag challenge. It's a sort of a metallic teal colour, and these days runs a single headlight or single round headlight grille like you get in the overseas escorts. But, you know, I only sort of found out this information recently that it's the same car, so I'm just completely stoked to see that this car still exists in some form and it's still having the shit beaten out of it at the drag strip. And, you know, look, Carl's still into cars as well. He runs a twin-turbo Windsor-powered hot rod nowadays. And uh, that car, for me, it's just something about it. It's just everything that, I guess, the early pro street scene represents in Australia and the street machine scene. You know, massive wheels, V8 shoehorn into a small car. It's kind of like the Australian equivalent to, say, in America where they get those Ford Pintos and jam massive engines in them. To me, it's sort of I treated it as the same thing. So that was very cool. I think there's something interesting in, in that... You've chosen a car the same as I have with longevity. Yes. Like LC454 yeah. and also that, that gentleman as escort, the cars have got longevity. When they're built and engineered so well, that is something I often wonder about street cars. When the guys spend 30 or 40 or even and 5 or 2 grand back in the day or 30 or 40 now on the paint, I often wonder, is one of them advantages how long that will actually last? So, yeah. I think possibly, but it also comes down to how well it's treated by subsequent owners a lot of cases. Yeah. I mean, that... That's also, uh, I mean, for boxing the front end and, and mounting the battery and all that. I don't just mean for the paint, but I mean, when these cars are built, guys do build them really well. That must give, you beat on it, fair enough, but it must give it some longevity in automotive terms as like well. Like good quality. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, definitely. Another car that's still around and still exists, and it's actually still owned by this particular gentleman, is Neil Barker's HT Monaro. It's a white uh, HT with a black vinyl roof. It actually looks like an HG. It features an HG grille and tail lights in it. This was featured in the December 85 issue of Street Machine magazine, which actually is the one with you were talking about earlier with HQ for you on the cover. Yep. Yep, oh, we've got it right issue. here in front of us. <laughs> <laughs> this ran a Tunnel Ram 350 Chev with an XAGT top loader, of course a 9-inch, tramp rods, letterbox scoop. I actually, on this car, I love the black vinyl roof against the white paint on a Monaro. I think it looks really cool. Is it and vinyl vinyl or black? It's vinyl it's vinyl, royal. yeah. yeah. And it's sort of something that, again, I'm always crapping on about identities, but really... It really homes in an identity for this particular car. And this thing was quick, mate. Like, it was running 1180s at 121 mile an hour back in 85 at surface. This is pretty good going for a street car. What's its current identity? How does it look? Oh, apparently it's been, it's been built more for sort of like he does hill climbs. It's sort of more of a <laughs> cool. less drag racing, yeah, but more kind of circuity type based. But he still owns it and still beating the shit out of it, which wow. is pretty cool. Yeah, we'll so, definitely um, throw some... And the other thing about that car, too, it's a Brisbane car. I actually saw it as a kid. I saw it Sweet. on the road. Yep. And that is sort of the thing that cemented the deal. And it was one of those things where I recognised the car from the magazine. And when you're young, to see, especially before the internet, before social media and before videos and all the rest of it, to actually see a car on the street you see in a magazine, it just oh, yeah. it still blows my mind. <laughs> like, yep. You know, it's just not something you see very often. Something we'll try and do with these cars that we're throwing up. If we're, we're available, we've got the magazine. We'll throw photos up, but we try and, in the caption we write under it, we try and capture a little bit of that. We can't put 250 words or, or even 100 words, but if we can put 10 or 15 decent words that throw to what the article's saying, it's fairly enjoyable, and we try and do that. with. So with that particular car, we'll definitely be doing that, taking some photos of the magazine and trying to capture the story as well a little bit. Yeah, and just so if you're interested, you can chase it up yourself. Yeah. So it might be a car you haven't considered or it might be a car that you you know, don't remember or well, something along those lines. That particular Street Machine magazine that we're talking about, it's available to buy here at Thongslab. It's for $40 million is what it's going to take to pry it out of my cold, <laughs> dead fucking hands. <laughs> Rightio. Next up, George Anthony's Yellow XB, uh, the XB sedan with the graphics. Uh, that, of course, ran an injected Clevo with the gold stacks. 
Um, it was actually later rebuilt by Mark Crane in Brisbane, who actually chased up the original injection from George Anthony when he rebuilt the car. And it's since been rebuilt. Uh, we spoke about it, I think, when we covered off the Summonats issue. Sam Gauchy, is it? Is yep. that how you pronounce his name? Yep. He's rebuilt the car and, and it's now red with still with the massive center lines. Look, I love the yellow guys with the graphics. It, to me, is just pretty much transplanting the american pro street influence to australia back in the day so i love wheelie bars I oh was going, mate you yeah, give me some old bars. magazines and i found so <laughs> is it who owns the the trani we're talking about uh the Greg dickinson no the one that gets mistaken for oh rob beecham, beecham. yeah it's got wheelie bars in the photo shoot it's awesome Oh, massively, massively. Bring wheelie bars back. Can we get a set for Disturbia? <laughs> you know, I actually looked into how to do that legally, how to fit them <laughs> legally to the car. I'm dead serious. And what did they say? Oh, okay, so the thing wheel stands. No, 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 you can actually fit them legally if you attach it to the differential. Because it's good. like a, as long as it's got four inches of the ground clearance, and so long as it's actually like a bolt-on product. Yeah, okay. You can actually, it's an accessory. Fuck, we're going to have to get some wheelie oh, bars. Oh, mate, you know, the last thing that car needs is wheelie bars. The fact <laughs> it's got, as in, because it's got no power, pretty much. Like, like even with those 27560 tyres on the back, right, you nail it. The thing grips that much, the engine just wants to spin off the mounts. How about that burnout in this front cover of Street Machine? That's pretty fucking cool. They, oh. re- they reposted that recently. It's a great photo. <laughs> hey, it needed some coaxing, but it did it, and there's the proof <laughs> to prove it. So that's all you want at the end of the day. Righty-o, following on from that is Mandy's grey HD sedan. Small block Chev, the Mandy's plates. For some reason, I can't find her surname. I couldn't find the magazine I actually had it featured in. It's Randy. <laughs> Wouldn't that be your other first name? Randy Mandy, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. We'll have to edit that out. <laughs> or maybe not. Look, this, this to me is just a token, token period correct street machine, and it's everything that's good about street machines, Right. I'm not talking about cars, which are street sleepers, which are great. Don't get me wrong. We're not talking about standard-looking cars with 5,000 horsepower under the bonnet. We aren't talking about cars, which is done to grandpa spec, because, you know, when we were growing up, the last thing you wanted was a car that looked like your fucking grandfather's. Exactly. I don't want to drive anything that my grandfather would drive. <laughs> Fuck no. This is all about street tough, street presence, something that, you know, turns heads and is tough to boot. Now, Mandy's metallic grey HD actually started off as a white car. Originally, was first shown. Yet, ran a small block Chev. It had flared guards. Uh, Chevy Armour-like rims, like 1410s and 147s, something like that. Um, had the letterbox scoop. Tinted tail-light lenses, which are, you know, like you do <laughs> that in a UC Tirana, purely just to save your vision and your retinas. Yeah, and but on this, it's actually dumb because it looks tough. And it's inspired me to tint the tail-light lenses on my Mr. Juicy van. So I'll be doing that one, you know, I'll get to that next time. Has LTD mirrors, HG grill, which is a popular mod. You'd pit HG and HG yeah. grills to HDs and HRs, which is really cool. I've seen that a couple cool. of times since we've started doing this. It is cool. Oh, and I love especially when someone pointed out to me, I'm like, maybe I wouldn't have picked that up. Yeah. Oh, mate, if you've got an HR and you put an HD pan and HG grill on it, you're yeah. fucking king of the mountain as far as I'm concerned. But the other thing too, Chev badge yes. on the grill. Love it. You know, look, I... Same with that uh, HQ for you. Chev yep. badge makes it. Love it. And the, the crazy part is, and I've actually written about this before, and I'm always going off on rants about it. Just today, I was on Street Machine's Facebook page, and they actually did a story on the green LC Tron. You know Ross, who follows us on Instagram? Yes. Uh, Rat. He's got the Rat yeah, 0202. Yep. <laughs> like, Ross is a great guy, and he he's built some awesome cars over the years. Like, he's full old school. Anyway, they did a re-feature of Ross's LC Tron. Green letterbox scoop, green graphics up the side. It's really tough, awesome car that was featured back in about 87. And some morons on there saying, oh, I love everything about it except for the Chev badge. You know, like, because, again, it's that whole Chev badge on a Commodore Association. People just can't distinguish between the two. So, of course, I had to get on there and have my say, as you do. (laughs) But another guy said, oh, if I bought this car, I'd take the flares off it. I take the letterbox scoop off the bonnet. I get rid of the Chev badge. I take the stupid '90s graphics. You didn't even know the fucking era. I take the stupid graphics off it and paint it a normal color. And I put chrome bumper bars back on it with a set of sprint masters. <laughs> yeah, what? What? You're just going to restore it to make it look like every other one that gets around? What's the point? So, anyway, I think that's why 
you, me, and our like range of thong slappers listeners, Mutz. we all fucking get it. Yeah, exactly. like there's no point trying to explain it to anyone else because they just don't understand it. But at least amongst us, we get it and we can talk about it. We can enjoy it, and that's what I love about doing the thong slappers podcast on Instagram so much. We've actually aligned ourselves with people who think the same, and I- it's just. It makes life far more pleasurable, doesn't it? I had to ring you with an emergency phone call the other night when somebody put a comment on our Instagram, and I don't ever bite, I don't give a fuck, like I like my smart asses in person, I don't care about the keyboard warriors, I, I very rarely comment. Somebody put, oh, what's the Chevy badge on the front of HQ for you? Man, I rang you in flames, and I'm like, I had a 4,000 word rant ready to call that guy 10 different sorts of fucking cocksuckers, and then I, I, I came to the realisation <laughs> I'm glad he doesn't understand it and he can go and get royally fucked. And it's people like him that I don't care. I'm glad that you don't get it. Fuck off. And the Chev badge thing, well, we're going to bring this up as often as we want to. So I'm bringing it up again. If you can have a D4D badge on the side of your shitbox fucking Hilux, the kid can or guy can have a Chevy badge on the front of the Commodore. The guy with the Chevy-powered Commodore is part of the solution, not the fucking problem. It's got a Chev exactly. motor Exactly. You know, and hey, he's enjoying his car. He's not out there fucking grading everyone else's. Cocksuckers. Now, by this stage, mate, you might have noticed that I'm doing more than five. <laughs> now, this is, we've got 5A, 5B, 5C. <laughs> yeah, okay. You know how I said I was just doing five? Yeah. I lied. lied. Damn it. So, there's actually... Oh, I've got more too, so... Won't... <laughs> <laughs> so there's actually 11, but I still have a definitive number one. Right? I just haven't. had to... I had to take the long path to get there. It was like a, it was like a journey of self-discovery. It was like my eat, pray, love street machine. That's all it was. Right, so give us, give us your number five A. Right, Kevin Monks, sixty-nine yes. Dodge Daytona, big ass wing, huge wheels. You know, it was probably one of the toughest Dodge Daytonas built worldwide to start with. Of course, it had a cameo in the movie Running on Empty, and massive set of US Indies on the back. They must be like fifteen twelves or something. They were humongous. You'd need to tub any other car to fit them. But no, not Kev. He just whacked them on and put a set of four-wheel-drive flexi-flares over the top of it, and that is more than fine by us. That car kind of got restored and lives back in the US these days, so pretty much a shadow of its former self. But it does get around as being the only right-hand drive, you know, freaking 69 Dodge Daytona in existence. So that car, massive influence on me. Still love it to death. I would happily build my Mr. Juicy van to look like that thing if I can. So we're going to have to get in and build a Daytona nose cone for that thing. How's its presence? It's absolutely, it's a massive car geometrically in the industry or in, in, yeah, running on empty, big hi to to Benny and them guys out there at Cobalt that run the running on empty festival. But you turned me onto that car. That was the first time that I kind of have been remade aware of it. When you said flexi four-wheel drive flares, it is. And that's just cool. That's part of the, the craft. That's part of where we come from. That's exactly right, and it's just such a awesome, iconic car. And, yeah, so that's also on the list. Next up, Greg Carlson's WB Ute. Now, look, I love both guys as of this. I like the early 84 Street Machine Nationals guys. It ran massive. They must have been like 15, 12 Dragway 5-spokes. They were the fucking biggest set of Dragway 5-spokes I've ever seen. Still a good-looking name. Yes, and it had a uh, the blown small-block Chev. It had carbies on it at this stage, and it had the WB Statesman front with the chrome front pan. The thing with this ute, it was a show-winning ute as it was, but as with a lot of people in the show scene, once it did say summonats at the Street Machine Nationals, it was brought home and pulled apart. And if you've actually seen the story I did on Greg in, in Street Machine magazine, there's some massively awesome build-up photos of this car and the thing i love about it is this guy's okay he's a panel beater spray painter by trade but the home building these cars still like he's in there he's friggin' finger banging the <laughs> hang on finger bogging the <laughs> chassis okay i guess i'll have a look at the photos <laughs> <laughs> he's finger bogging the chassis sanding that's it all even back. funnier finger he's doing <laughs> but you know like it's just the way that they're doing all this stuff, it's it's just, you know, show winners from that. Everything's not being built in a sterile booth. And, again, it's a tough car when it came back injected. 
very tough with well wheels and stuff like that that you know for sure is uh right up there for me and it had a chop roof like you bought a brand new body shell chopped the roof on it built this car and again you know so many it actually does survive it runs a blowing i think it's still a small box shed but it wears like the world pro star five spokes now and runs it like a carby motor so it still survives still exists which is great news as well home building's good news i think it's it's a hark back where it all began was with our panel van guys they were the home builders. They were they were using wood. They built their interiors. They built the panel bins. That's where this whole thing got its start. We've spoken about it. Get back on and have a listen to some of our podcasts. That's where home building began, I feel. That's in my opinion. Oh, fuck. I lost myself now. <laughs> you <at> finger <laughs> banging. <laughs> Look, you're dead right. And I guess the thing to back that up, the next car I'm going to talk about, which is Wayne Pagel's Gas 69, Wayne and Greg, they were both panel van guys. That's how they started in cars. So that methodology of how they built panel vans got taken through to how they build street machines. And uh, for Wayne, I chose his Gas 69 HT Monaro. Beautiful car. How's its presence again in the the photo shoot? It's crazy. That's it. It's black. It's tough as nails. It's got the injected small block Chev. It was the first car I ever actually saw with weld wheels as well. Really? So, yep. We used to pour over it at school in, in Street Machine magazine. It's tough and iconic. It was actually even featured on a T-shirt at one stage too. In a former episode, you actually told the story of what ended up happening to it. Do you want to yeah. touch on that again? Um, look, Wayne sold it as a roller. Uh, minus, I think, a few of the panels here and there. It actually went to a, a guy in Baruka who had it at a smash repair shop in Brisbane, and it kind of was going to get rebuilt, then just got pushed further and further out of the shed, then further and further out into the yard, and ended up being cr- uh, squashed. So, yeah, long gone, sadly. But what a tough, iconic car. The fact it still stirs up emotion and joy for so many people for so many years later you know it's one of those cars that would just sort of never be forgotten on the street machine scene this car was super close to being number one so like, it actually came in at 5b <laughs> <laughs> that's how that's our maths here and if you're at winston if you're listening to our account you know how we roll with our maths and invoicing no this was actually the car that nearly knocked off my one number one spot so very tough call Worthy very car. tough Next car, John Ziegler's Ute. Look, I love the green Mad Max incarnation when it was called Techno, but I'd be happy with any version, whether it be the latest, the black one, where it's called uh, Black Magic. Love this Ute. You cannot get a car, I think, in this strange street machine scene which I guess has been there for so long. It's been there since the very start. It was a street machine before that whole terminology even existed. It was a ute. It featured the custom bodywork, featured the custom paintwork, again, built from a brand-new vehicle too. And I don't know. I just remember the first time I saw that ute, uh, I used to buy back issues of custom fans and trucks. I'd save up my pocket money and I'd send away to Eddie Ford and he'd send me the back issues. And I used to choose any issues that had valiance. So... You know, I'm talking 981, 982, custom vans and trucks, issue six, rocks up in my letterbox, and I open it up, and the colour spread is John Ziegler's Ute. And from that day on, I've been fucked. I just love it. <laughs> what love inc- it. Which version of that Ute has got them fat as fuck hot wires on it? Ah, uh, the green version. The them first hot version. wires are just out of control. Yeah, yeah. They, like, they're the, the wheels that ate the world. Super tough, and that's the thing. Like, it's just such an amazing build, and uh, I'm so glad it's still around. Telf sent me the, a link to that. Was it last year? A little bit, and says, "I hope this doesn't put any dust in your eyes." And I was watching how he rebuilt it with his dad. That, and that was what was a bit of our inspiration to do the cars in the cradle. To be honest, that's what yeah. put me down to that track. Him and his dad uh, getting it back to its its former glory. That's right. And you know, John Junior, he owns it these days, and he's like, he's the guy who's got. Porsches and Ferraris and Lamborghinis. He's got a lot of high-end exotic. Guy. Yep, he's Clever a serious man. collector, serious driver, serious builder. But he comes from these hot rod and custom car building roots, so that's why the thing. You know, he he loves his shit. He listens to this podcast too. Don't I know that he definitely. G'day, John. How you going, mate? <laughs> so. Sash and the team at Deluxe Customs, they did a, a fantastic job of building this car, creating the final incarnation, which features the best of the previous incarnation. So, look, anyone who's familiar with this Ute will know uh, the street machine story that was done on it, you know, in the last 12 months. Nathan Jacobs did amazing photos, gave this car the kudos it deserves. So, again, very tough call not to be number one for Ziegler's Ute. Around that time, I took about 10 photos at a car show here at Townsville of a Holden Ute with that big style rear wing because you don't see it anymore. No. I walked in the show and went, 
boom, click, yep. click, 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 start. Yeah, that was cool. That's it, like the old Bob Jane team art wings, they call them, for sure. Ah, right. Yeah, that's where... That's well where played, sir, well played. <laughs> okay, next up in my top five, which is 11, <laughs> is uh, Peter Kazonka's Green Medicine Barbados Green Tirana. XPT350? That was its later, guys. Ah, right. Yeah, but yep. same car, yep. so yeah, yep. no, yep. it's it's cool. The first version was actually number plates with triple X three zero eight, and this was the car that made me fall in love with Barbados Green. Right, it's got the full SLR kit, massive center lines front and rear, just just a tough car. Three hundred eight tunnel ram street scoop. It had everything you wanted, and I always remember reading the story as a teenager, like as a young teen, and he's talking about he painted the car himself, and he learned how to paint by practicing on old damaged body panels. That's cool. You know? Something I did later when I started to learn how to paint, I thought of that, and, you know, he's using old guards and stuff to learn how to actually do the spraying. So it's amazing what you pick up and what sticks with you from 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 the magazines. magazines. Is he from Orange, New South Wales? I'm not too sure, to be honest. It had had New South Wales plates. It definitely did. And one thing I was trying to confirm, I'm sure I'd heard through the grapevine that XPT350, which had the injected 350 Chev with the bug catcher, and it looked pretty much the car looked identical. I'm sure I'd heard around the traps that Triple X308 got actually was stolen and never recovered. So Uh he built another one, which became XPT350. But I'm not 100% sure on that. So... We can't take it as gospel. I've been trying to find out today, but I can't get that confirmed and denied. So it's either one or the other. Either way, he still owned that car, yeah, the, the two yep. guys, is whether it replaced the stolen so version or whether it was an upgrade body, yeah. on the previous one. I'm not 100% What street machine sure. roughly year, this year was that from? 86, 87. The thing that resonates with the number plate, and as I read this magazine as a little whippersnapper at school, XPT350 is a reference to the express train that used to run out from... Sydney to uh, Western New South Wales through to Bathurst. So XPT was the call the Express Train, and I think ah. I think it done about 120 k's now, or whatever it was. Yeah. It was a fast train. I don't know whether it still exists, but I remember there's a bit of a deal out central uh, Western New South Wales when the XPT train came out. Obviously, you watch the local news bits and pieces. The number plate was at the same time, so that's Express, the Express train. That's I yeah, think, yeah. I wasn't sure what the XPT stood for. Whether it was like Expert three hundred and fifty, or I reckon it's whatever the. I goes. think he might be from New South Wales. Ah, I beg your pardon, from Orange. New South Wales. Could I might be. have it all balls up. This could be all wrong, and if you're correcting us at the moment, thank you very much. Yeah, and if you are correcting us, let us know. Yeah. Like, we don't want to put out any urban legends or Chinese whispers about yeah. any of these cars, so if any of the stuff we're saying is wrong, let us know so we can correct it. Yeah. And the thing, too, about that car, the thing I remember fondly was that the number plate's triple X 308 wasn't for my love of triple X movies, of course, Redmond. <laughs> it's <laughs> the panel van XX 308. That's sort of I where I always drew. Well, <laughs> yeah. I kind of always drew that comparison. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that was it. But finally, we're at number so one. So number five. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if we're going front or backwards. Okay. Number one on my all-time favourite street machine list, another Red HQ Monaro. How's uh-huh. that for me? I weird? know what you're going to say. The Terminator, Mick Curran. Correct. It has everything. The thing also about this car is it mixes for me my love of street machines and custom panel vans. It sort of features cues of both of those, uh, I guess, genres. It's like a tough street machine and a tough panel van rolled into one. You've got the blown 308, you've got the flared guards, you've got the wheelie bars, everything's chrome. Like, how cool is the engine bay in that thing? I even love all the high-performance stickers over the windows and in yeah. the engine bay. Yep. It's just super cool. The LTD tail lights, that's just one of my most favourite modifications ever. And it's just got everything it's got the work. So that, if I had to choose a car that I could drive around and have in my garage out of any other street machine, that's my all-time choice. That is a good cross. That is a good comment on a crossover car from a panel van to a early days of street machining. Yeah. That's, a, of- that's a very good comment. And it's funny that we both choose HQs. You want to have race? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, if we're ever in a position to race those two cars against each other, yep. we're fucking winning. We're both one. Yeah. Well, would it be the, you know what? It'd be the day we go yacht shopping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, no, look, that's that was it for me. It was just um, very tough call, but I had to be adamant that we choose number one. And uh, yeah, Mick Curran's Terminator—that's top of the pops for me. But along the way, we've been asking people to tell us what their choices would be. I've even actually asked uh, some of my compadres at Street Machine Magazine because people who work at the magazine—they're car people as well. 
They're not just yeah. pencil pushers or computer writers who work in the media. They're actual car fans. That's how they end up working for a publication like that. So I sort of asked around the traps if they could, you know, give me one car. And, of course, no one can choose this one. So I've got a couple here I was just going to list off. Carly Dale, she chose the Hulk, Brian Willis's HK Monaro, the green one with the graphics. Yes, yeah. I think I yeah. actually gave it a hard time when we were talking about it. Um, Paul Sands 57 was another favourite of hers, as well as Adam Labreeze's EH sedan delivery, or yep. wagon delivery thing, we could call it. Boris, he chose Ron Barclay's HQ Ute. And Boris's example was the perfect reason why. It talks about the whole inspiration, why, why you choose a street machine of all time. He said to me, he chose Ron's Ute. He loved it that much. That's why he, he painted his Rambler that same coral yeah, colour. Yeah, Perfect. Yeah, that's right, exactly, that's spot on. Yeah. yeah, that's right. It's that influence. It's something you remember. Good old Ian Kelly. Man, he cracks me up. He gave me about 50, 50 <laughs> different cars. But the one he actually chose in there, he said to me, <laughs> he said to me the reason he was choosing so many, and I quote Ian, he says he was having a meeting with Denzel Frothington, so he'd had a few few brews <laughs> under his belt, but he narrowed it down to Effigy, which is a very cool yeah. choice. Yep. That was, of course, the uh, Holden concept vehicle based on the FJ. Dave Carey, he chose Blowback 2. Uh, he said it impressed him so much when he was 12, so that's a good enough reason. Uh, Gus went for Colin Townsend's FJ, Craig Parker's XY, Grunter, it's probably the newest car of choice in anyone yep. who we've asked. Because it points back to the... Exactly. Yeah, yep, agreed. And he also chose uh, Ron Barclay's HQ Ute. Uh, Scotty, he went very old school too. Overkill. I yes. can't we haven't spoken about the XA Coupe with the XC front. It was supposed to be one of my Falcons. I thought, I was yep. wondering if that was going to be in your yep. Falcon choices, actually, when you were talking about including a Falcon. Yep. I thought, oh, man, sure, Gary Sitara's overkill. That's going to be <laughs> great, great for car. him. Uh, Scotty also chose Nats 88, the XD we oh, spoke okay. of. Yep. Good choice. Um, Terminator, HQ for you, and the uh, Rob Beach and LX Tirana. Broads. Our good old mate Broads, we love Broads. We've got to get you back on here soon, mate. He chose Mr. HJ. Uh, that was the black HJ sedan with the WB front. I'm just trying to remember. Ed Brody. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right, Ed Brody's yeah. Mr. HJ. Yeah, 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 yeah. He loves the... Uh, le- oh. The grill. I'm just trying to remember how to say these people's names. Zalukovic's Studio Baker. Zalukovic? I'm trying to remember his first name. I feel really Mr. rude. Mr. Oh <laughs> mate, Cobra Jugger. I hate calling people by their surname. So yeah, Mr. L- L- Mr. Zalukovic's Studi Baker. Okay. Oh yeah, that ex- car. excellent car. Yeah, yeah. Okay. awesome, awesome car. And Howard Bell's SLR eight thousand liter eight Tirana. Oh yeah, yeah. Broad's the Tirana man. It's, I think it's funny that Broad and Marv from Street Machine, when they I've got an email here, they both chose Lio five as their number one car. Well, that goes without saying. <laughs> Doesn't it? I was going to choose that, but I'm going to sit next to you. I didn't want to have to duck from the head swell. <laughs> also, too, some of our moots have um, contacted us and let us know who they wanted to choose the street machine of all time. Tamey. <laughs> Fuck, Tamey cracks me up. Some of the shitty posts, doesn't he? Oh, he's in fucking dramas all the time. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. No, Tamey's good value, and he chose... And he said, I'm a Holden man, but I've chosen Craig Parker's Tough XY. Excellent so, choice. Yep, yeah. Great choice. Tommy Gavin, he's a friggin' card if you've ever met one. Uh, he chose the Bruiser, the black XW unit of Owen Webb. Oh, yeah. Yep. That very close. Oh, it's one of my favourite cars. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Good mate, Denny Dave. He chose Phil Rolotta's LC Tirana. How was that video we posted on Instagram, the one from uh, him cruising around at a wedding? Yep, that Such is awesome. Such an iconic, great car, and that yep. would be the choice of many, I would imagine. That was an excellent video. That thing just snaps to attention, doesn't it? Oh, mate. Loved it, yeah. love it. Uh, Tim Barnett, he chose Ted Crollo's Black and Flame 57 Chev with a blown injected, I think it's a big block, 570 or... Yep. Anyway, it's a fucking tough car, whatever it's got in it. He chose that. And lastly, Matt Nazari, he actually picked Al Bundy's HQ Monaro. Al Bundy yeah. Lucas, the yep. purple HQ. Yeah. So that was his crazy, choice. Crazy, crazy car, that thing. Yeah. Huge, crazy car. Big time, big mm. time. So, no, look, it's been great going through this and we're really still keen to hear other people's choices and I love when people tell us what car they choose and why and contribute and get involved I love hearing the why so look if you want to let us know you know flick us a photo send it to our email thongslappers at optusnet.com.au or direct messages on Instagram and we'll uh, post it up so yeah love to hear your thoughts love to hear which which car you think is the one that you know floats your boat the most 
I'm going to do maybe, I don't know whether it's a vice versa, it's a fraction too much friction. I'll tell you the cars that pushed out the other cars. So I chose HQ for you at the cost of Terminator. So that's my HQ. I chose Storm... That's right, Terminator's mine anyway, yeah, mate, so you're I, not getting we're it. We're covered. <laughs> I chose Stormtrooper VK in place of Carlson's VK. Oh, the yep. silver blonde. Not in place, silver, of, yeah. but yeah, I'm just telling this my A, my A-list. I chose Mark Hayes uh, LC454 in place of Ivan Hand's Mr. Hyde, blowing LJ. Oh, yeah, tough. I chose Mark Scarabese's XD in place of uh, Wayne Draper's Phase 6. Oh, that's a cool car yeah, too, isn't it? Yeah, that's excellent. And, yep. and Shotgun Romance, the 460 XD from one of the early street machines. I'll, I'll bring that car back to life in, an, in another episode, that uh, Shotgun Romance. But the sure. people, yeah. And Rex Webster's FJ, it came to us at the cost of 308 Zero five three, which is Phil Townsend, is Phil um, Tomlin? No, what's his name? Something Townsend. Yeah, Colin well, Townsend. Colin. Yeah, so you Colin Townsend. Yeah, so that yeah. came at, at the price of that. And one last thing, because I'm going to do some fiction. What song are you going to play in Terminator on the tape play when you're driving it? Oh shit! Take my breath away. <laughs> no. Um, oh, it has to be something. I know it's going to be really cliched. It's got to be something like... Bad to the bone, doesn't it? It's got to be like Highway to Hell. Yeah. Or just playing the opener to Paradise City, or Guns N' Roses, like just... Bad to the bone. Uh, was easy. Tops fits it. Yeah. Something like... I'm going to play in HQ for you. I'm going to play Home and Broken Hearted by Cold Chisel because it's just the piano. It just suits that song perfectly. In Stormtrooper, I'm going to play the Darth Vader music, as I mentioned before. Good call. In uh, Mark Hayes LJ, I'm going to play For Whom the Bell Tolls by Metallic because that song is as timeless as the as the car itself. In uh, Mark, this is so gay, this one. In Mark Scarabese's, hi to all our gay listeners, I didn't mean that. In Mark, Mark Scarabese's XD, I'm going to play Missionary Man by Eurythmics. I know it's a bit of a soft song for me to be choosing, but it's a... Yeah. Great fucking musicians, though. I don't care what anyone They're great. I've, I've seen them live. They're very good. Yep. And in Rex Webster's FJ, as you mentioned, I'm going to play Hey True Blue by Johnny. Okay, yeah. What about Rip Rip Woodchip? Rip Rip Woodchip. Nah, fuck him. Hasn't really got the same... Nah, I want yeah, it? I want true blues. I'm ripping second gears in that Salika fire speed, trying to pull chirpies in the thing and fighting off the women that are trying to climb in the bloody window. Girl, stand back. I know it's I know it's Rex <laughs> Webster's FJ, but just stand back a bit, will you? <laughs> well, Christ. on that. I would play uh, in John Ziegler's I thought I was going to be playing Ring My Bell by Colette, <laughs> but then I realised that fucking St. Lucy was in charge of the music. So I think oh, for something like that, it'd have to be more a bit of a crazy Mad Max type thing to go with the whole movie star side of it. John Ziegler is, ah, oh, yeah, no. Nah. It's parked out front of a pub. That's where that car is. So in my mind, it's parked out front of a pub. What's good in a pub jukebox, Rolling Stones? What are we going to have for rap music? What car fits some rap music? Yeah, fuck rap music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was lost as well. Uh, one thing we'll do, Simon, one last little bit of fiction because I'm all about the fiction. Is what car would you clone out of all them cars that exist, they don't exist, gas 69, whatever, if I said to you, you have to build a car, but you have to build it with the other builder's vision. So, I mean, you can't change the seatbelts, you can't change the tint the windows. What car are you going to build out of all them cars? Oh, look, I think I'm going to have to have to stick to my guns here and go the Terminator. Yep. Excellent choice. Pardon the pun. <laughs> as it is. Me, How about yourself, mate? Oh, HQ for you. It's the car that I want, and it still exists, so that's that lotto moment for me. I'll drive to air with a fucking check in the back of my ute the size that Rod couldn't jump over, and I'll go, you fill the numbers in. <laughs> yeah. No, well, that's it. Yeah. That's it. So, look, I, I think that makes the most sense for me. I mean, look, if I had that mushroom ready to clone one of them, I'd probably want to clone all of them. Yeah, I think that's interesting because something that we, we do with cars, when you look at Street Machine, the new magazines, you open up, you go, oh, I like that, but it could have this, I like that. But I think most of my choices, I would have them as they are. The HQ, I want to, HQ for you, I want to drive it. I'm so disappointed that I lost the photo of me with the keys in my hand. Oh, man, maybe you can just, yeah, maybe you can Photoshop that up one day. Yeah, Danny Dave has got so much background in cars. It's, fuck, he's got an inexhaustible amount of cars that he's owned. Yeah, yeah. Let's go with that. That's excellent. He, he contributes and he, he's a good one. Brett Abraham's a guy I really enjoy. He's he always. I've got to say this, Brett Abraham always puts his Bible studies in on time. He loves it. He enjoys getting the magazine in front of him. We've got to try and make some time and he, he sends them to me every week. I appreciate it, Brett. It's a shout out for the stuff that you're doing for the Variety Bash soon too. We'll go into that more later on. The thing is too, is like you said to me today, 
Brett's Bible studies is better than yours and mine put together, and I couldn't it agree is. more. It's it's all. I met him just on eBay. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. That's, yeah, buying, buying street machine magazines off him, which is a, a, a good pass. At least it very wasn't cheap. Tinder. What's Tinder? <laughs> Grind now. The only thing in my age, any I know, when everybody says, "Oh, you're on Tinder," everyone else says "grinder." So that's obviously the when you go and get your grinder out of your toolbox, it's a different thing. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> now look, we've talked old school, probably. Well, actually, no, we haven't talked it for long enough. It's never going to end. Yeah, correct. But we need to take a short break and time out from talking old school to talk Bible studies and the April 2019 edition of Street Machine Magazine. Now, I promise not to play any Honda Civics in the open for this. I just couldn't help myself, but she said how much you love the engine noise. So fuck that mate. made me wild. <laughs> Splinter hate mail. It's pretty bad when you get hate mail from your fucking podcast co-host. At least you can tell us, because it's all misspelt and fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I went to correct the grammar straight away. <laughs> It'll send at three o'clock in the morning. Fucking read me. <laughs> so, mate, when you're ready, let's crack on with some Bible studies. Ring that bell, Colette. Hey, it's Simo. As you probably already guessed, we went way over time with part one doing our all-time street machine greats. However, we'll bring you Bible studies in part two of episode 30, which will be out soon. Catch you then. Thanks. Thanks.